Well, tonight we're going to think about the second quality that we find in 2 Peter chapter 1. Uh, you might find it helpful to turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to read verses 5 to 8 again together, uh, just so that we refresh our minds on the list. Uh, we're thinking tonight specifically about the word knowledge. That's the second quality mentioned in these verses. Uh, but let's read verses 5 to 8, and then we'll say a word or two about this second quality. So Peter says this, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 to 8. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Knowledge, as you'll see from that short little reading, is one of the key words in this letter. Uh, Peter has used it in verses 2 and 3, but his use of it here is slightly different from those verses. So in verses 2 and 3, if you look at those verses, Peter is talking about saving knowledge. In other words, he's talking about the knowledge that we have when we have been saved by the Lord Jesus. Now, though, he means information about Jesus and what pleases him. And this is the kind of knowledge that comes from reading, thinking, and discussing as a Christian. If we want to grow in Christ-like goodness or virtue, we will have a hunger and desire to grow in our knowledge of Christ. It's interesting that Peter puts virtue and knowledge in this order. So sometimes we think that if we know the right thing, we'll do the right thing. Uh, experience tells us that that's not always the case. Knowledge doesn't always lead to virtue. Uh, Peter's order is good. Knowledge must be added to virtue. And a fully orbed virtue rests on faith in Christ. So actually, his order of virtues makes perfect sense. First of all, there's faith. Second, there's virtue. And then third, there's knowledge. Now, the knowledge that Peter is after is a knowledge of a particular sort. He wants us to know God and not merely know information about him. There's a story told about a religious gathering where a famous actor and an elderly minister were both present. The actor, while not involved in the gathering, was asked by the person leading to come forward and give a short word. Uh, he didn't know what to say, and so he turned to the elderly minister and he whispered, I don't really know what to do. And the minister shoved his Bible into the, into the hands of the actor and replied, just read Psalm 23. And the actor stood with his eloquent voice and he read the Psalm. When he was finished, he wasn't quite sure what to do. So he turned to the minister and then announced, well, I would like the minister to come and say a few words on this. The minister surprised everyone by merely, merely reciting the Psalm again and then sitting down but the actor leaned over to him afterwards and said, You did much better than I, and now I understand why. I knew the psalm, but you knew the shepherd. I knew the psalm, but you knew the shepherd. And that's the kind of knowledge we should be after. Peter isn't interested in anything less. Knowing God personally and intimately is the most important kind of knowledge we should strive to possess. Uh, Peter was writing into the context of false teachers. 
So chapter 2 is completely given over to dealing with the false teachers and to calling them out. What, what they were offering, though, was newer knowledge. And with that newer knowledge, they were offering freedom. Uh, you can see that in chapter 2, verse 19, if you cast your eye over to the next chapter. But Peter says that this newer kind of knowledge is, is based on loud boasts of folly. So that's verse 3 and also verse 18 of chapter 2. He's really saying that the false teachers know nothing at all. They, they claim to have wisdom and knowledge about God, but it's false knowledge. What he wants his readers to attain is a personal knowledge of God. He wants them to go deeper in their walk with the Lord. Now, how do we go about attaining that kind of knowledge? Well, we do it through the means of grace. So there's the word, prayer, and meeting with God's people. Those are the things that will help us in our search for knowledge. Uh, last week we had a little example for virtue. This week we've got another example for knowledge. Uh, the things that are on the screen, the things that we've mentioned, uh, the means of grace, are things that have helped God's people in Ukraine over the past year. Uh, you, you'll know that it's been a year since the war in Ukraine began. Uh, there was a terrific article on the Gospel Coalition website about the experience of Ukrainian believers uh, let me share part of the article because it helps us understand what it means to know God, this sense of knowledge in, in the way that Peter's using it. Uh, when a person called Talisa Lukic didn't hear back from her boyfriend last October, she wasn't particularly worried. She said, it wasn't the first time he didn't answer me for a long time because there are a lot of broken internet and cell or telephone connections. Before the Russian invasion, she and her boyfriend, Alex, had been thinking about a 2022 wedding. Instead, she spent much of 2022 as a refugee while Alex joined the Ukrainian army. After four days of unanswered messages, Talisa heard from Alex's friend. He told her not to write anymore because Alex had been killed in combat. Talisa fell apart. She stopped eating, stopped sleeping. Because Alex's body was disfigured, his coffin was closed at the funeral, and she wondered if he was really there. Furious with God, she threw up lots of angry prayers and quit reading her Bible. She said, I felt like I was falling into a pit of grief and sorrow and crying and pain. I felt like I, like I had no future anymore, that there was no reason to live my life. Some days I was so empty I couldn't even talk to other people. She didn't tell many friends at church because it hurt too much to talk about and because she knew they were struggling with the same thing. Four of her church members have been killed in action another 14 are serving in the military. One day when I long, no longer had the strength to endure what was going on inside of me, I prayed asking God for all that, all that love and peace and comfort he had for me. She said she fell asleep in tears but woke up renewed. She said it felt like a miracle. And then she said this, she said, often in difficult situations, we pay attention only to the pain this world has given us. We forget to look at Christ, who knew from the beginning of, this, of the centuries this pain would be in our lives. He has already prepared comfort for, for, for us precisely for these situations. That, that, that truth is, is being played out over all, throughout the Ukrainian church. In the year since the war began, Russian forces have destroyed and looted hundreds of church buildings. Along with the shifting front lines, churches have emptied as members are killed, flee, or join the fighting. 
But if you talk to Ukrainian Christians, either those in Ukraine or those who have moved, uh, moved countries, they'll tell you that God hasn't abandoned them. Many churches, along with some seminaries, are growing. Ukrainian refugees are revitalizing churches in other countries. And churches around the world have rallied to, to, to welcome Ukraini Ukrainian refugees or send support. War is a time when you see the worst and best of people, said an, uh, said an American missionary who has been in Ukraine for the past 20 years. He said, we have seen the best of what God does. We have seen the best of what God does. The, the sense that we should have as we listen to the experiences of Ukrainian believers believers in Ukraine, is that we should be hungering after the knowledge of God that they have. We're often cold in our walk with God. We're often cold towards Christ and his word. Yet in the most difficult of circumstances, Ukrainian believers are finding that their knowledge of God is increasing and that he is helping them in their times of trial. The, uh, the knowledge that Peter is after is a knowledge of a particular sort he wants us to know God and not merely know information about him. Let's pray that the Lord would help us as we seek a deeper knowledge of him and of his will for our lives. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you've saved us and redeemed us, that you've given us a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But how we long that we would deepen our faith in you, that we would go deeper in our walk with you, that we would deepen our, no our knowledge of who you are. Hey, help us not to know just information about you, but help us to know you personally and intimately as we read the scriptures, as we pray to you. Give, give us a sense of awe and wonder at who you are and help us to walk closely with you so that we know your presence every day of our lives. Father, we pray that you'd deepen our knowledge and that you'd grant us grace by your Spirit. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.